morning. I first want to say that this uh, parish of St. Michael the Archangel has uh, been a very near and dear to me because about 25 years ago, I studied here at Portland State University as a college student and uh, went to Mass here every day uh, and occasionally on Sundays. My actual home parish was in Portland at the, the Vietnamese uh, Catholic Church. Uh, now it's actually down by Happy Valley. So I just want to say thank you to all of you, to this parish of St. Michael the Archangel for having nourished my own faith during my college years. And also, uh, it was during my college years that I uh, discerned my vocation. And there was a campus minister here by the name of uh, Glenn Rimza, and he was very influential in my discernment. Today we have in our readings, uh, especially from our gospel reading, an invitation for us to reflect on Jesus' teaching and the people of Jesus' time heard his teaching and were amazed at his teaching, uh, teaching with authority. So we're invited to reflect on what that authority looks like. Now, I think for some of us, when we hear authority, it's an actually negative word uh, used to oppress others. And it sometimes it's synonymous with the word authoritarian. But today's gospel invites us to think otherwise. First of all, when we look at today's gospel, we hear that his teaching is, has authority, but we don't actually hear any contents of his teaching. We don't actually know what he said at that time. So we have to look at other places in the gospel where Jesus actually does preach and how it's different from the scribes and from the Pharisees. Now, for the scribes and Pharisees, one aspect of their teaching is that they like to quote others. So they would say, Rabbi so-and-so said this about this scripture passage. But for Jesus, he didn't do that. As a teacher, what he did when he spoke about the, the law or the scripture, he always tried to interpret it the way that God wanted us to understand it. So, for example, Jesus will speak about how you have heard that it was said, but I say to you. So you have heard that it was said that you shall not commit murder, but I say to you, if you are angry with your brother, you are liable to Gehenna. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, whoever looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. And so this is what Jesus will do as a teacher, teaching with that level of authority. But I think we have to go beyond Jesus as a teacher because Jesus was more than a teacher. The first reading today invites us to consider that God will send us a prophet and that prophet will speak God's word to us and even uh, almost a threat, saying that if this prophet should speak words that does not come from God, he could be even be liable to death. And so Jesus is this new prophet that Moses foretold because he brings to us 
God's very word. And a beautiful image of that we see in uh, Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus goes up a mountain and delivers that Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Now, for a Jewish listener, when he or she hears that, the first thing he thinks is actually Moses, because Moses, too, went up the mountain. In the book of Exodus, chapter 20, Moses receives God's commandments and laws that then he gives to the people of God. Jesus does the same thing, except there's one minor difference. When he goes up the mountain, he doesn't receive the word of God. He speaks the word of God. And you can see that in his gestures, going up the mountain, sitting down, all gestures to let people know that he is both a teacher and a prophet. And so we find Jesus today pointing us to something even beyond that. Jesus is more than a teacher. He's more than a prophet. What we find today Jesus doing, he not only speaks the word of God, he is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. And this is where people begin to be astonished. Because when we're speaking about the word of God, we're talking about its effectiveness. Which means that when God speaks, it becomes reality. Think of the book of Genesis. When God says, let there be light, what happens? Poof, there is light. When Jesus speaks to the storm and says, be quiet, what happens to the storm? Stops, exactly. Very good. See, this young man knows the effectiveness of God's word. And in today's gospel, we hear Jesus speaking to the man who is possessed. He says, be quiet. And the devil does what? He is quiet. Come out of him. The devil does exactly that. This is where there's a big difference between when Jesus speaks and when the rest of us speaks. When I say, let there be light, I don't see any light. When a parent says to the child, go clean your room, maybe work sometimes. But when God speaks, it becomes reality. And this is where, for us, we have to recognize that when we listen to the word of God, one of the things we must come to realize is that it can transform us. It can heal us. It can move us in a way that changes us forever. I'll just give you one simple example of St. Augustine. He was a man who was very bright, but also lived a life of sin. But he could point to us the day and the time when the word of God transformed him from a sinner to a follower. And that was when he was at the lowest point in his life. And he cried out to God to help him. And this was when he heard a voice. It was if he heard children playing and they were shouting out, tole et lege, tole et lege, which in Latin means take and read, take and read. And he thought God was saying to him, take the Bible out and read it. And so he randomly opens up the Bible and hits that very spot where God spoke to him. 
to turn away from sin and to follow the Lord. Now this is what God's word is like. It transforms us. And we don't have to consider what happened 2,000 years ago. The very reality happens to us today, at this time, at this very place in our life. Every time you come to Mass, and when the priest is up there on the altar, and he takes up the host and says the words that Jesus said, this is my body. What does that become? It becomes the very body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or you go into the confessional and you ask God for forgiveness. At the end of the confession, what does the priest say? I absolve you from your sins. What happens? Your sins are forgiven. This is the power of God's word. And this is what Jesus did in today's gospel to help us realize how powerful God's word is in helping to heal us. And so I want to invite us to consider two things. First is the authority of God's word. In the Greek, this word is the word exousia, exousia, which if you know a little Latin or, or Greek, ex means out of or from, usia means substance. So Jesus speaks out of his very own substance, out of his very own person. And for us, we understand Jesus was not just fully man, he was also fully divine. And so we too can speak out of that authority. Not at, from our divine nature. We don't have a divine nature. We are fully human. Jesus is. So when he speaks, it's effective. When we speak, we can speak with authority when it's coming out of our own being, out of our own experience, out of our own lives. So often you might hear parents speaking to their children, go to church because the Bible says so. Go to church because Father Ignacio says so. Go to church because the Pope says so. That's speaking from somebody else's perspective. To speak with authority means you have to speak from your own personal experience as the author. And so that's very important for us to consider when we share our faith with others. We are called to speak from our experience. I go to church because I've personally felt God's presence in my life. I read the scripture because I fully experience the power of God in scripture to transform my life. That's speaking with authority. And secondly, we recognize how powerful God's word is. But sometimes we don't always have faith in God's word. But in scripture, Jesus tells us of a, a man who had incredible faith, and that man was a centurion. He wasn't even of the Jewish faith. And he came to Jesus, asking Jesus to save his servant who was dying. And Jesus was going to go with him to his house to heal his servant. But this centurion says, no, no, don't come to my house because I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof but I know that if you just said the word, 
My servant shall be healed because I'm a man under authority. I tell my servant, go, he goes. And this is when Jesus says something that shocked everyone. Never before have I seen in all of Israel a man of such faith. Because he believed that at just the word of our Lord Jesus, his servant will be healed. We believe in that so powerfully that at every Mass, we actually take the Sarantirian's very word and make it our own. When the priest lifts up the Eucharist, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And how do we respond? We say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof but only say that word, and my soul shall be healed. This is the power of God's word, of our Lord Jesus. When I was a college student here, I loved listening to the homily of a pastor who was here at the time. Some of you might remember him. His name was Father Bert Griffin. Father Bert Griffin always connected what we heard in Scripture with our faith. So whatever we heard that day, he would remind us that the way we respond was a response of faith. So today we can do exactly that. We can say, Lord, yes, you have the words of eternal life. We believe that. So let us now stand and to profess our faith in the word of God and our Lord Jesus as we proclaim the creed.